Hi, I'm Aaron from New Jersey. I'm Will in Atlanta. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like me. If you'd like to support the show like I did, or even better than I did, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. I'm Jesse Thorne, live on tape from my house in Los Angeles. It's The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. It's The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest Hanson's first album was uh, called Middle of Nowhere. It was a cultural phenomenon. It sold 10 million copies, and it spawned a certified mega-hit in Mbop. At the time, they were 12, 14, and 17 years old. It's now 13 years later, and all three members of Hanson are grown men married with children of their own. What might be most remarkable about their story is that they never stopped being Hanson. They've spent the last dozen years or so doing what they do best, writing and recording R&B-inflected pop rock records, touring ferociously, and tending to a fan base that's grown up alongside them. Their latest LP, Shouted Out, is the third they've released on their own 3CG records. Here's the album's first single, Thinking About Something. While I gave you love, you know it. So when did you ungrow it? Inside that you would find another man. Shaking, tell the boys are chasing. When you get home, you think I'll be the bigger man. Hey, I've been thinking about something. I've been thinking about something other than you. I know your reputation, cause you said my heart racing. Isaac Taylor, Zach, welcome to The Sound of Young America. It's great to have you. Thanks Glad for having us. Here. Thanks. So, um, I, you know, like, like a lot of people, I, I had no idea what the uh, uh, up-to-date status of the band Hanson was mm-hmm. um, until uh, maybe two years ago. A uh, great friend of this show, Andrew WK, uh, mm-hmm. was on my uh, was on my podcast, Jordan Jesse Go, mm-hmm. and he had just come back from... Some kind of songwriting fantasy camp, yeah. <laughs> and um, and we were like, we were like, well, what, what have you been up to lately, Andrew? And he said, oh, I was hanging out with Hanson at their songwriting fantasy camp. <laughs> um, well, that that might not be uh, that might give people the wrong perspective about about what it is, but essentially, <laughs> it is a songwriting camp or uh, something like that, a songwriting retreat. It, it does give you a sense, though, of what we have been doing for the last 10 years, that, that event, because we essentially invite people that we've developed relationships with over the years to spend a week uh, making music and writing together. And, and um, Andrew was that. I think that was our third year that we did it. Yeah. So it was a, it's, we've done it about six years now. Yeah. So every year we bring about 15 to 20 different artists to Oklahoma where we have several studios set up and 
we just spend the week writing songs and making music and and uh hopefully you know coming up with with great stuff but also uh, not reserving yourself just to saying we're only going to write hit songs but really creating the kind of art that inspires people and and that um just letting yourself experience uh, music in a really honest way. Well, but in some form or another, Zach, I mean, a, a good song hopefully is a hit song. I mean, that is kind of the point. I mean, in most cases, uh, what what people are responding to is on some level or never uh, or another quality, and and so you know, at least we think so. At least we'd like to think so, anyway. I want to ask you guys a little bit about um, how you made the transition from uh, kids to adults. You guys had been playing together for a couple of years before you uh, before you signed a major label record deal and uh, sold 10 million copies of an album. When you were teenagers and you were out there on the road, did you did you ever have times when you thought that this was something that you were going to do as a kid and and that you would then go on to do something else in your quote unquote real life? <laughs> Well, the the thing you have to step back and realize is, um, for one, when you, when you start off as a certain age, there's there's always a certain question in your mind, I guess. But when we began, we would tell people, "This is what we will be doing." It what it didn't even make sense to us when people would ask that question, like, "Well, so what are you going to do later?" It, it almost it seemed like, to as to say, what we were doing was a hobby. Um, a good a good example of this is um, on the last album, which we put out in 2007, which is um, 10 years since the first album, major album was released. Uh, we had an interview with a Japanese journalist and she said, you know, I have to tell you, um, you know, in her kind of slightly broken English, uh, I have to tell you, I, I'm, I'm surprised and I want to I want to give you kudos because I uh, I asked you 10 years ago what you would be doing in 10 years. And um, you looked at me and you said, well. What will you be doing in ten years? Because we'll be doing this, and and she she said at the time I thought you were you were being a little uh, a little bit uh, precocious, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 she said I want to congratulate you because I've changed jobs three times, but you've never changed jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and and at at the core of who this band is, I think that. You know, the first album was such an extraordinary success. You know, nobody can expect that. We'd made independent records, and yeah, only one of us could drive when we were touring the world. But we, you know, you can't explain it, but we knew individually when we started that this was what we did and who we are. And um, along the way, I think the 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 thing about us is just that we we uh, we always knew that, and and we made made music for ourselves and have continued to, and, and luckily. Um, have had a really, really healthy uh, fan base that has has stuck with us, um, you know, throughout a, a long period of time of putting out records, and it's good to be here. It's one of those things where you have a certain perspective on your life, you know, growing up and, and doing this, and you kind of wonder sometimes, you know, what other people's perspective was, and especially people like my parents, because uh, I asked them a couple years ago, I said to my mom, you know, what was it like when we were that young? Because I remember very clearly... Uh, the three of us, uh, particularly Taylor and I at the time, who were even a little bit older, being very, very confident about about going forward and doing this. Um, and I asked her, you know, what, why she responded the way she did and why she was as supportive as she was. And she said, well, I just can't explain it to you except to say that you guys were so clear and resolute and confident in your ability to do it. And you and you harmonize together so easily and you and you were always writing these songs. I guess I would just I couldn't 
I couldn't stand in the way in good conscience, you know. He, she's like, it was just kind of one of those things where, you know, you you were obviously kind of driven to do it, and, and there was a lot of ambition. And, and, you know, and I remember, you know, in my early teen years, which is before we were signed, after we made a few, you know, independent records and, and done, you know, several hundred gigs at that point, I remember very clearly watching uh, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and going, how do we get on that show? I want to get on that <laughs> show. And, you know, th- this is just kind of the way... That we thought as 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 young kids and young well, teenagers. I think probably what up. you mean is you didn't think wouldn't it be awesome being that show. You said, "How, How am we... I gonna get on that?" Exactly. Show? Yeah. It was, it was. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe uh, the short answer of is. the question it is no. We did not have a backup plan, <laughs> <laughs> and we still don't have one. It's the sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are the band Hanson. Uh, their new album is called Shout It Out. Let's hear a little bit of Give a Little. When she walked with her painted lips Did she tease you for your bloody quips? It's interesting to me, um, as I look at the sort of arc of your career, that at, at no point did you, um, at no point did you decide to be a new and different thing. Um, I, I was thinking of some of the pop music that uh, came after you, and I think you you guys were um, you guys were very different in, in some ways from the pop music that came after you. But in in some ways, you were the vanguard of this. Um, you know, this movement towards straight ahead pop music that happened in the late 90s and early 2000s that was yeah. a sort of a reaction to the alternative y everything uh, that characterized the early and mid 90s. Um, but like, I was thinking, I was thinking of InSync, right? And InSync, okay. InSync, I remember put out this album called No Strings Attached, right? And mm-hmm. it was, and that was an album that felt almost obligatory. It was the obligatory, like, we're not the people you think we are album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was the, well, well, they were implying that they weren't puppets, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, you guys, you guys, I mean, your second album is, uh, it's like a little bit, you know, you could say it's a little bit broader, a little bit deeper than the first album, and maybe a, a few less, you know, uh, DJ scratches on it. Uh, but basically, it's the same kind of thing. And, and now, 12 years later, I listened to your album. It's the same kind of thing. It's still, you know, l- late 60s, early 70s, R&B, pop rock. Yeah. Was there ever a moment when you considered the idea of like, man, we're going we're gonna to make a really heavy record and blow everybody's <laughs> mind or, or something like that? Um, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, I think we've always felt like we needed to put our music first and and th- doing that 
would be not authentic to who we are as people. I mean, we all have very broad um, ideas about what we can do as musicians. And, and you know, legitimately, every once in a while, you do write a country song or you do write uh, a heavier rock a, a song. Heavier rock yeah. song or, but, but that's never been uh, the core of who we are. And so I think uh, what you're talking about is so true. When we first came out, um, grunge was huge. You know, I mean, when you when you think about what we looked like, especially as <laughs> as young guys then, um, you know, we were wearing you know long. We had long blonde hair, like you know Kurt Cobain, and and uh, we wore a lot of you know plaid wow. and things like that. And then all of a sudden, we had this record and. But and, but we were but the music that was coming out was was yeah. our reference, which was us hearing fifties and sixties and seventies soul and rock and roll music. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I think the thing that really was similar about us and the artists like um, you know In Sync and the Backstreet Boys and you know the Spice Girls and things like that was the fact that we both were connecting with this audience that was completely um, they had no one speaking to them. This this young uh, audience of people who are going, I don't like grunge music. Where's my generation's music? And so we, as as a collective, that was what was similar, yeah. which was that that same um, appeal to a young audience that was saying, give me something that can represent my generation. Yeah. I think when it's all said and done, uh, we knew what we were and what we wanted to do uh, from the time we were little kids, and I don't think anyone could have persuaded us otherwise. I think, you know, a song like Umbop was not uh, written for was us. not written, f you know, for us or or anything like that. It was something that kind of came from our gut, and and we always knew that we had to come from that same place that that first record came from, that those records before that major release came from, and that we had to always strive to to be as true to our initial inspirations as we could be, and that ultimately that was going to be the thing that provided the longevity for us. And and and, and frankly, it would provide the, the confidence and the, and the lack of, oh man, I should have never done that kind of factor. So. If, if I might add one other thing to the very long series of answers, don't get us wrong, sticking to your guns as far as who you are and what you do is not necessarily simple because you know around you, you you do have the tendency and others to get impatient and sort of say well maybe if you guys you know look like kiss or maybe if you maybe maybe like the the they do solo the, just projects. do so like things that that, that people generally do because when they think that there's some potent potentially untapped audience you know or kind of or say well let's do conflict. something totally different you know let's get make sure that the x label is still happy with what you're doing or but but what we always realized was you know nobody cares as much as you do about what you about your career and we're really proud and confident in what we do and so over and over whether it was leaving our record company uh when we on the third album um because we were you know we were caught in a merger with an old a big label that didn't get Hanson or, you know, just, or deciding to, you know, share our experiences in Africa on our last album and talk to our fans about our passion for sort of getting something done with music in a way. I, you know, we're just really stubborn. <laughs> we're just, we, we're, we're, 
we're into what we do and we, and we love it. And we're genuinely fans of all kinds of music. And we feel like our ability to do lots of different things, you know, side projects, producing, writing, which we love doing uh, with others, that still comes out of Hanson sort of being an authentic uh, thing. And, and that's kind of where we want to come from. We've got more with Hanson after our break. It's The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. Production of The Sound of Young America is underwritten in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. Hello, my name is Graham Clark. And my name is Dave Shumka. And we host a podcast together called Stop Podcasting Yourself. We are two comedians in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, but we're not jerks about it. Yeah, we're not going to get all weird on you because of it. Yeah, we're not trying to sell you nothing. We're not going to try and teach you anything. We're certainly not going to try and teach you no grammar. Yeah, but we might teach you how to love again. <laughs> again? Yeah. And again. After your accident. Uh, so we're very charming, and you should listen to our podcast. It's available on iTunes by searching Stop Podcasting Yourself. Or you can find us at stoppodcastingyourself.com. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are Isaac Taylor and Zach Hansen. Um, you may have been following for the, them for the past 15 years, or you may not know that they're still a band, still successful, still touring, and they have a new record out called Shout It Out. Here they are from one of their live records playing Radiohead's Optimistic. went independent for your th third big record and yeah. you actually you actually made a documentary about um uh, about making that record and and the plan was not initially to make it about uh you know why you went independent the plan was initially to make it about um uh how somebody makes a regular album yeah exactly um, tell me about how how you ended up you know recording practically a hundred songs for that album and going from a major label act to uh, uh, an act that's not only on an independent label, but on its own independent label. 
Well, I, I think it unfortunately is complex, but the short the short way of saying it is that um, that we had um, some conflict uh, uh, of, of artistic vision with with a record label that we inherited post a merger uh, that happened uh, just before our second record, which created some complicated scenarios. So going into our third record, we were trying to work, you know, very, uh, very collaboratively was our effort. Uh, with the with the newly uh, inherited rap label, and we found ourselves in a situation where we couldn't really come to any particular agreement about you know what Hanson should be doing and and what the record was that we should be making, and so it we kind of knew that going in, but our focus with the documentary was always to show the artistic process, and what's kind of interesting about the film, which is called Strong Enough to Break. Uh, is that it starts off very, very music-focused, which was pretty much all that we were filming at the time was us writing, us in the studio recording demos or or what ended up being final recordings for certain songs. Um, and then as the film goes on, you start to notice more and more phone calls that are a part of the film. <laughs> and And the reason for that was because we started having more and more phone calls and they were more and more... Uh, uncertain and kind of confusing. And when we were sitting here going, you know, we need to start filming some of this because this is starting to feel a little bit like uh, more than just the average making of a record. What what the film ended up showing was exactly that phone calls in politics, um, especially in this era of the music business, have have really dominated the conversation and and not to be sort of you know overly uh, rosy about what art should be. I mean, art and commerce have always had a struggle, but we we're sort of the anatomy of a modern band, you know. And we the, the documentary we felt like in the end, the final end of the story was us being a successful band signed to caught in the largest record company merger at the time in in history, which which started off as you know Polygram and Universal merging, and then surviving that and making the decision to to get out of a sort of quagmire of of confusion and and sort of lack of vision from the label and and to actually start our own label and 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 become sort of the new the new embodiment of an independent band which is not an indie rock band like stylistically it doesn't mean any indie doesn't mean what it used to mean it means independently you know financed or distributed and controlled by the artist and we you know the, the the film showed like the the long and painful struggle, which you know in this case we're very glad ended positively, um, and and also didn't uh, didn't kill the music or the band, which which it, it got close to, but but it actually I think gave us a really um, it gave us an ability to sort of say to our fans and and people, which we shared the film with uh, at film festivals uh, and uh, at forty colleges across the country. It allowed us to show a side of ourselves, which which was sort of flawed at, at some levels, you know, kind of our struggles. But it also showed where our resolve sits, and um, it, it's a it's a film that I'm glad is in the archive, but I wouldn't want to live through it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, uh, when you went independent, went all the way. Um, you started your own record label. I mean, I think for a lot of musicians. Um, they like the part of being independent where they get to, uh, you know, cut the records that speak to them rather than the records that, you know, a Jimmy Iovine or whoever it is um, yeah. thinks will become a hit. 
Um, but they're not necessarily crazy about the idea of being responsible for, you know, making sure people come up with new designs for the merchandise or, you know, negotiating things or, you know, booking or a- any of the various administrative tasks that are involved with being independent. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of music people just, just want to make music. Yeah. Well, and, and very, re- <laughs> well, and very it, understandable. Be- so <laughs> believe it or not, actually, that's what we want to do too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what, what we found was that fortunately or unfortunately, um, no one cares more than we do. And there's, there, uh, are a lot of things that, um, we really want to be a part of so that they'll be done the best way and done the way that really represents us. And so, um, it, it is a really hard balancing act to, um, like you said, it's like, okay, who's doing the live streaming event right now? Well, well, oh, I've got to go turn on the camera or I've got to go do this or making sure that your licensing deal in Korea is still up to date and things like that. Those those can definitely be um, daunting tasks and things that um, they're less gratifying. It's not it's not like making music, but you do it all so that you really can make the music and you can do it the way it's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it's it, it's easy to probably get maybe too heady about the process we've gone through, but I feel like one of our passions has that's developed since we started the label as well is um, is to sort of take the hit a little bit as an independent artist and be the guinea pig um, because we are so passionate, of, not just about making music, but just about being a fan of great music and what it can do. And um, and I think that there is a, a growing tide and, and a shift where... Um, I, I think it will happen. There's there's going to be a core group of artists that will grow up in this new era where, you know, sort of self, uh, self-propelling self and, and kind of more entrepreneurial um, attitude towards their band and their project is part of the DNA versus like Largely one day. Largely fueled by digital distribution. Yeah, digital distribution and, like and sort of self-promoting, you know, in, not in a too much of a narcissistic way, but just in in a an aware kind of way. And... um and I think what we've done is worked for our band and uh, is an example that's out there now. And, and we've watched people, you know, guys that guys and girls that are in their early 20s, you know, or, you know, or teens that maybe were, you know, two or three years old or, you know, five or six years old when we first came out and that say, well, you know, I remember watching you guys when I when, when you were 14 or 13 and thinking that's great. And now they've got sort of some example of, OK, well. This is a do, you know a new world. Music business is changing, and um, I may not want to start my own label or be able to do this or that. But um, there's an example out there, and if I've got the guts to grab it by the reins, um, then it it's still possible. And it it just means that you have to be your own, you know, dare I say, your own Jimmy Iovine, at, you know, or your own you know department, and say, did I get it? Is it good enough? Is could it be better? You know, who should I work with? So. Yeah, and unfortunately, you, or can... and unfortunately, or fortunately, in our band, there's plenty of opinions to go around. <laughs> well, uh, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Sound of Young America. It was really a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks much. for having us. Uh, Hanson's brand new album is called "Shout It Out." Um, it's in stores now. They're also online at Hanson.net. Let's close with uh, a little bit of one more track. 
from their brand new album. This is called Kiss Me When You Come Home. Come on. That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I have been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our music is provided by Dan Wally. The show is edited by Nick White in Chicago. Our intern is Julia Smith. You can email me at jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at MaximumFun.org. And you can always visit us online to get any of our past shows at MaximumFun.org or just search for The Sound of Young America to get our shows free in iTunes. We'll talk to you next time right here on The Sound of Young America.